you're talking about the combination of street smarts and book smart and actually that it is uh more valuable than just book smarts by itself or just street smarts by itself when you combine the two what happens you create a maturity level that understands both everything around it the mm -hmm. sophisticated level of business mm -hmm. and the unsophisticated level of business mm -hmm. you understand both markets mm -hmm. where can be come together into a shining star because you know how to work the system you know what you can get away with and you know what you can provide having that knowledge on both sides it's a win-win because you're, you're understanding that everybody has needs mm -hmm. everybody there's a market for everybody it's just have to find that niche to it mm -hmm. and that's the more important part of the side hustle, the street hustle, mm -hmm. is that the street hustle is going to say how it is. It's going to be raw. Mm -hmm. Book smart, the theory behind it is this black and white. Right. When you mess those two, man, it's like you opening a path or a bottle like, wow, it's going to surprise you. Because, again, the background that you can develop from it, the, the education that you're learning and how you're adapting to that, mm -hmm. the street smarts is what allowing you to adapt. Mm -hmm. It's not the books, it's not the research, it's not that, it's what you experience hands-on. Good afternoon and welcome back to the Same Business, Different Day podcast. I'm your host, Zeke Corley, here at the Film Hub in Vista, California. So many paths that a business person can take to find their success. Education, a brilliant idea or an invention. Some get recruited into a great position and climb their way up. Even a good internship that turns into a job. Today, we are happy that he found the time to finally get here to tell his story. The one and only Gumaro Escarcega. Wow, thanks for being here, man. Thanks for the intro, man. Absolutely, man. We really appreciate you, man. And, and uh, it's a celebration. So let's just start it off with a cheers. So cheers, man. brother. Cheers. Yeah, man. Definitely. Cheers to your success and everything in the future. So the way that we do the show, we talk about, um, you know, we start from the beginning. You know, mm -hmm. we like to talk about how it all started, how you grew up, things that you were thinking about being when you, wanted to, when you were growing up, right? And um, then we'll eventually get into what it is that you do now. And we kind of put all that together. So where, where are you from originally? I'm from uh, Central Coast, California, a small town called Greenfield, California. Greenville or Greenfield? Greenfield, California. Wow, I don't even know that. In the middle of the Salad Bowl of California, which is Salinas Valley, mm -hmm. Monterey County. Okay. Um, it's to be more claimed to fame, right? Beautiful out there. No Gorgeous. Matter, right? love, the, love the outdoors. It's a great place to be. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's it's a small town, you know, mm -hmm. very migrant driven. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we started very humble. You know, my family is, I'm first generation Mexican-American. Okay. Um, you know, I was the first person that went to college. You know, the college route. Um, you you have siblings? I have uh, eight siblings. Okay. With my mom. My okay. dad had, uh, that I know of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. four other siblings <laughs> out there. Uh, that I have met three. I haven't met the fourth one. Okay. Um, that passed away a few years back. So okay. um, definitely uh, um, 
things to dig into the family tree there from his side of sure. things. But but no, we all I'm I'm started for really humble beginnings, you know. I you know, hardworking family, mm -hmm. you know, it's the traditional migrant household, right? Where you have, you know, your uncle staying with you, your grandma, you mm -hmm. know, staying with you. Yeah. Um, eight siblings. Yeah. And a three bedroom. So they were all staying in a three bedroom. The majority of them were staying with us. Okay. Yeah. You know, we my brothers, you know, obviously uh, young age, had a young kid, so he grew up a little, my okay. oldest brother, mm -hmm. um, you know, he... So he, where were you, about in the middle? I'm in the third youngest. I'm the seven. I'm lucky number seven. Okay. That's what I like <laughs> okay. to say, you know, lucky <laughs> okay. number seven. Yeah. Um, and the idea that, you know, we grew up in, in the working in the fields. My mom grew up in okay. the fields. She worked in agriculture, you know, in her young life. Um, my dad was, you know, also worked very hard, but mm -hmm. he's also had a side hustle. Mm. Um, the side hustle really got him to work logistics and go across the state and across the country. Okay. Um, and so, you know, my dad taught me a lot of that hustle, the entrepreneurial way, I think, of doing things. My mom was also part of that. Um, and, um, you know, we grew up, you know, helping mom, you know, helping, you know, my father and my mom actually come from a broken home, you know, too. And, you know, uh -huh. my mom, you know, my dad, you know, left my mom when I was probably like, Eight years old, seven, okay. actually younger than that. Um, probably like, yeah, about seven, eight years old. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I had a stepfather in my life. Uh, but what, what growing up is the community that I saw that raised me, basically. I was always in the streets. You mean, by community, you mean the by neighborhood? Community, the neighborhood, the, the, I lived, I, his funny, funny fact is that I live doorsteps from the downtown. Okay. Um, and thinking about, I lived behind a Chevron station. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where I really grew up, my, my, my youth, youth. And then, um, you know, from three years, four years old to like 10 years old, I was just there, you know. And so what I was doing as a kid is going to these business shops, you know, and got to, you know, the arcades with my local arcade, mm -hmm. uh, which is still there. Actually, the, the, the owners are a great friend of ours, just like family to oh, me. Oh, you still have family back oh, then? Oh, yeah, man. I still have a lot of family back then. My, You know, I am the godfather of my best friend that owns that business. Okay. He's, so we're very connected in that community still. Wow. Um, we're working on creating an alumni association, actually, for the high school there. So I'm a brewing there, you know, brewing for life, I guess you can say, right? So, yeah. But, you know, I'm working with a group of, uh, you know, um, alumni that, that went to that school and trying to to, to grow the youth um, and spirit there and, and bring the entrepreneurship and, and the mentorship that's needed. Um, when I went to my friend's business, I was the errand boy as a kid. Mm -hmm. So when everybody needed a favor, I was actually going out there, getting them what they need, a coffee. Mm -hmm. The business needed produce, I go get the produce. Yeah. And that's how I got paid. But you know what I bet you were doing too with, the, with doing that? You were probably building relationships with those other businesses. Like they 100%. knew you. They saw you. 100%. Yeah. You know, to the point that I go home, and by the way, my nickname back home is Conejo, which is Rapid. Okay. And my baseball coach at the time named me Conejo before I played baseball. And then he gave my second nickname, which mm. still is stuck right now. It's Gumpy. So well, I, I got two nicknames. So I go home, they didn't either know me by Conejo or they know me by Gumpy. Okay. Here in Oceanside and Vista, a lot of people know me as G or Gumaro, right? Mm -hmm. uh, very, uh, quite a bit of people know me as Gumby because I have created that relationship with them. Mm -hmm. But the mentorship around that, that city is molding me mm -hmm. and, and really helped me 
you know, kind of put a good, you know, head on my shoulder to, to keep working hard, you know, um, as a kid, you know, you play sports, you always want to be a pro athlete, right? Yeah. That's mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you see a lot of that. That's never going to happen. We get know? that, we get that answer a lot. We ask people <laughs> course, what they want to be when they grew course. up. Just like, yeah. I didn't grow tall enough. I didn't, you know, <laughs> no, yeah. I wasn't, no, exactly. <laughs> oh man. But you know, but you know, sports was always in my life. And I was a kid. Um, first sport I played was baseball. Um, and then I went to basically all through my youth. And then in high school, I was a three-sport athlete. I played baseball and a football player. And I wrestled mm-hmm. for a period of time, following my brother's footsteps. The way you pronounce football, though, I'm, I got to ask you what you said. Were you talking about American football or are you talking American about soccer? American football. Okay. No, American football. Okay. Yeah. okay, okay. Soccer, I had bad experiences with soccer, man, as a kid, man. Okay. I just never touched that. I love the game. I love the sport. I love the fan base. I'm not into fandom. The fan base is what drives me. Okay. Visiting other parks, you know, visiting other places like the historic places like Wrigley Field, you Mm. know, the Green Monster. Those those gives you the ability to learn the game a little bit more. But the history behind this is Mm -hmm. such an amazing, you know, experience. And so that's what me and my wife have done now is we're trying to visit every ballpark in the United States, right? Awesome. And now that we have our child, you know, Julia Lucia, which is 18 month old, she's yeah. coming with us and enjoying every single minute of these games. That's awesome. Uh, which is, to us as parents, it's like, oh man, she's really enjoying what we love. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's the the background has molded me to be the person I am and to always give back. I can see that. I can yeah. see that. And that's a little bit of foreshadowing for you guys too, because uh, in terms of building communities, that's something that uh, Gamaro certainly yeah. Uh, sorry, Conejo is certainly yeah. <laughs> cheers on that one, man. <laughs> certainly great at. Mm. So, um, so other than pro athlete, did you ever have any other thoughts, like professionally, what you thought you might do? You know, um, um, yeah, I mean, I owning my own business. business you you know, always, always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Always wanted to be an entrepreneur. There's, mm. there's always a way. To be an entrepreneur by, you know, again, it's building your community. Yeah. You're you're employing people. You're mm-hmm. you're you're it's the livelihood of people that you're also supporting too. Yeah. And so always in my life wanted to build businesses. In in college, I remember going to uh I was a valet at Mr. Ace, but trans at Mr. Ace in downtown. In downtown San Diego, yeah. One of the best spots to eat. I know it's changed ownership now, but when Bertrand was there, I was actually his valet, and um, it was a weekend job for me, but also was a bellman at the time of that job. But when I need to go to work and I see these big buildings, I always talk to myself, man, man, I wish I could own one of these buildings. Sure. You know, I was like, man, this is this might be cool owning a business here, yeah. to host businesses and do a lot of things to yeah. it. And so one of my aspirations was to own commercial property. And I yeah. shared that with my wife. My wife said, let's do this. You know, because remember, our migrant history was never to build, you know, wealth, generational wealth, mm-hmm. or none of that comes to a picture. That's bleak to a lot of migrant communities, you know, mm, or migrant families. So we took a different route. We waited to have our first kid. I'm 39. I'm going to have my first kid. Yeah. You know, I'm not hoping to have another one. You know, who knows? But, sure. you know... We took a different path and, you know, going to school, you know, enjoying life, traveling, mm-hmm. you know, just enjoying what this earth has to give. Yeah. And we always took that into our goals, our missions, what yeah. we are expecting yeah. to do. And it's a lot of hard work in all this. Sure. 
And so we decided to take ownership of a commercial property here in Vista too. Okay. Um, you know, so we ended up securing that property with the business and which is now the water shack. Oh, okay. And, we're going to get to that. And so we're we, gonna get to that. we <laughs> have developed that. And, uh, but again, it's, it's, we, that was my aspirations to earn, to, to own yeah. and, and, and see like what that, that future holds, you know? Yeah. And so, you were dreaming big. Dreaming big, you yeah. know? With no resources, obviously. Hi, I'm Rachel Belt, host of Velocity, the Vista Chamber podcast. Join me as I sit down with Vista's movers, shakers, and change makers. Let's move Vista forward with Velocity. This podcast is brought to you by yourinsuranceplace.com. Owning a business is hard work. You put your blood, sweat, and tears into it every single day. You need a partner who understands the ins and outs of insuring small to medium-sized businesses. For over 40 years, our California property and casualty insurance agency has insured businesses just like yours. We've seen it all and we've learned a thing or two about what it takes to keep your business protected. That's why we offer free policy assessments. We'll take a look at your policy and let you know if there are any gaps in your coverage. Let us help you to protect what you've worked so hard to build. Yourinsuranceplace.com What was um, education like? What was mentorship like uh, back there in, in Greenfield? Like, what? how was the school system? How you know, the school system was shitty, man. Okay. You know, and... I can say bad words here. Sure. All right. So, um, sorry if I can't, but you know, not to bash our our school districts, you know, and back home, but very similar to Vista. You know, very, you know, we didn't have great grades. We didn't have the teachers. The small teach the small amount of teachers that really mentored me and guided me left after I left too. Really. Um, I still can't find one of the teachers. You know, that it's wow. Mr. Pence. You know, basically that's how I know him. Right. Yeah. He had, you know, I was failing his chemistry class his first semester where I ended up acing his class. Okay. He says that he, and he told me, he says, I have never seen somebody like done so poorly and achieved what they had to do. Yeah. And I'm like, it had everything to do with you. Everything's you. Yeah. Everything's about it was you. And, you know, I left the high school um, to go to uh, junior college in Harnell College in Salinas. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I come back and visit them, visit the teachers that were good friends of mine at that point. And he asked me the question. He says, were you ready to go to college? I'm like, no. Yeah. Man, I wasn't ready to go to Harner College. Then I moved to San Diego to go to San Diego State right. in 2003. That's a heck of a path. So did you do two years at, at, two years uh, at junior college? In Salinas? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then moved to San Diego I love the weather here. I, what was the Salinas situation like? How did, how did you feel there? Did you feel like, were you growing into university? Were you really feeling like, okay, t- after two years, then I'm, I'm really ready? What, what, what brought you to San Diego? That's a good question because this, my junior college felt like high school, right? You yeah. Know, it feels yeah. like high school, but just in another level. That's interesting that you say that because right now we, you know, my daughter's just uh, got admitted. We're, we're going to University of San Francisco. And, you know, she came to me with that question. She's like, Dad, do you think I'm ready uh, for college? Uh-huh. And I'm like, you know, that first year is going to be like 13th grade. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) You know, they're saying the average college now is five years, maybe gotten up a little bit of six years. I'm not sure what the last stats, but I remember Mm -hmm. when I was there, this takes five years to graduate from university. Yeah, I hope not, because it's $83,000 a year. Uh, Yeah, that's very true. (laughs) I'm sorry, we can't do that. You should have took a junior college route first. (laughs) I know. Hey, I know. (laughs) I did did participate. I can't say I played football. I did participate with the football team. And uh, the, the experience there is building... 
again that leadership right mm-hmm. and and um i was the smallest guy that was the smallest lineman there you mm-hmm. know but i had a heart and so yeah. that really helped right and so playing hard with them but to be honest with you just going out on the field with the guys that you grew up with even because a, a couple of guys that i went to school with went there okay uh and then being meeting your comp- competition yeah you know during that time you know, it was great, you know, and then Good. also, you know, we had some uh, players from Africa playing with us. Okay. So learning other cultures was awesome. You know, had a great experience with those guys, mm-hmm. uh, have lunch with them at the cafeteria, just chill, yeah. you know, just yeah, yeah. great people, party with them at night, you yeah. know, awesome things to do, you know. So yeah. that, again, it's that, that, that path of going to college for me was fun because I was always, there was an activity behind that. Okay. And so to me... You know, you know, and, and let me share this story. I think this is a good story Please. with my father, you know, because my father wasn't like the greatest kind of role model for, for me, but he taught me so much, you know. Okay. And the one day when I, when I learned what he was doing, it was obviously selling illegal drugs, you uh-huh. know, and he was... Um, logistics. Logistics, you know, uh, but he... One day I asked him, I, I remember this, my, soft, my freshman year in college, I'm like, Dad, you know, you have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And, so, and I and I told him, you know, why don't you um, why don't you give me some money so I can put it in a bank so when I want to go to college, I have this money. Okay. And he says, you don't have to worry about that. The money will always be there. Okay. And I'm like, no, it's not. I know what you're doing now. This is a really high risk job, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. So a year later, the the empire he created just broke, you mm-hmm. know, and. I got two brothers that did time, and my dad was in the run forever. Mm. My dad's been really lucky with the law, regardless of the issues that he did or not, right or rightful is not, or rightfully righteous, yes or not, you know. But mm. he, um, so I stopped talking to him for a few years because mm-hmm. I'm like, man, he let me down. Yeah. Right. You felt like he wasn't taking yeah. care of family. He just let me down, you know, and I was like pretty hurt about that. And then I was thinking to myself, my man, I'm doing him more damage than good. Because he's underrun, he doesn't have anybody, and so I start talking to him, man. And the first thing he told me is like, "Hey, I'm so sorry about those thirty thousand bucks." Oh, he remembered all that time. Yeah, and I think that was my first year in college that year when he told me that. Wow, I was like, "Thanks, Dad." You were already in college, so I you had already... gotten there. You oh, yeah. got in, it, but you had to fight it on your own. Yeah, I... and he and he knew that he had pretty much man. I'm my I'm my water under the bridge, Dad. So that's not gonna stop me from doing what I want to do, right? Yeah. What did you learn from that, though? Man, you know, it, again, it's you would certainly do that do- uh, differently with with your daughter. Oh, obviously. I mean, well, obviously. I mean, it's different, right? Because what I'm doing, it's 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 the right way, right? The, sure. The path that I took was to educate myself, learn. I mean, a street streetwise, yeah, street smarts. Yeah, I have all that. Sure. When you add the theory behind education, I think you have the ability to achieve more mm. because you're hungry. Mm. You know, you're hungry, you're humble too. Um, and all you want to do is just work hard to not break. Okay, so, I mean, I got to dig into that one a little bit more because that's, I mean, you, you, you're giving some knowledge right now. I'm loving this. You're talking about the combination of street smarts and book smarts. And actually, that it is uh, more valuable than just book smarts by itself or just street smarts by itself. When you combine the two, what happens? You create a maturity level that understands both everything around it. 
the mm -hmm. sophisticated level of business mm -hmm. and the unsophisticated level of business. Mm -hmm. You understand both markets mm -hmm. where can be come together into a shining star because you know how to work the system, you know what you can get away with, and you know what you can provide. Having that knowledge on both sides, it's a win-win because you, you're understanding that everybody has needs. Mm -hmm. Everybody, there's a market for everybody. It's just how to find that niche to it. Mm -hmm. And that's the more important part of the side hustle, the street hustle, mm -hmm. is that the street hustle is going to say how it is. It's going to be raw. Mm -hmm. Book smart, the theory behind it is this black and white. Right. When you mess those two, man, it's like you opening a path or a bottle like, wow, it's going to surprise you. Because, again, the background that you can develop from it, the, the education that you're learning and how you're adapting to that, mm -hmm. the street smarts is what allowing you to adapt. Mm -hmm. It's not the books. It's not the research. It's not that. It's what you experience hands-on. Right. And that's what I love about what I do, you know, because I have a little bit of everything. I deal with small business community that might not have the education or might have a different niche and may understand how they can move forward. Mm -hmm. But it's 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 quite a, a great um, mesh with those two because I feel like I have an upper hand with a lot of people that come from the education background, even with a master's degree. Yeah, great research, love what you did. But let's apply now to the real world because the real world is different than school. Mm -hmm. I think the school prepares you for that. It prepared me, actually, San Diego State. Even going to San Diego State, I wasn't prepared for San Diego State. Yeah. I failed the first year of San Diego Is State. Is that right? Yeah. I was like, wow, what am I doing wrong did here? You, okay, so did you go there with a, a specific focus? What were you going there to study? So I was going in there for business administration. Okay. And the first year, I didn't have, so one of the things that I didn't have was my prerequisites, right? Okay. So I took all the prerequisites my first year. Okay. I Fail most of them because I was just lost. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a different school, bigger. You were here by yourself too, I was by right? Myself. Yeah. You know, I was going to school at the time. I didn't work for the first six months, which I learned something about me too. I have to keep being busy. I don't perform if I'm not busy. I it seems like I have that pressure. I mean, I don't know. If this is inherited through my background here, but I have to have something pressuring me to in order for me to be successful. And so I learned. I started working. At the end of the year, and my grades went up a little bit. Mm -hmm. I was I was out the door at seven in the morning, and I was coming back home at one in the morning. What kind of work? Well, at the time, I was a valet. The valet. I was okay. A, I was a valet at all the hotels. Actually, I wasn't working at Bertrand's at the time. I was okay. on call, and I was picking up shifts. Mm -hmm. It was during the holidays, mm -hmm. so the, everybody was partying. You know, all the corporations were partying, so I was the valet for them mm -hmm. at La Jolla downtown. You know, Del Mar, just a bunch of places that I was just picking up shifts. Yeah. Make $60, $80 in tips, you know, that money, cash money. I mean. So with working more, your grades actually improved? It did. A hundred percent, man. Wow. I went from working full time to going to school full time, partying full time, just everything. Everything that has a cam, I just went for it, man. Mm -hmm. And. You know, I ended up graduating with 3.7. My last semester was a 3.7 GPA, man. I was super surprised. Which cheers I had, again. Cheers, <laughs> cheers, cheers. And uh, I, was, I was surprised because I was a business administration major, but I went actually to a public administration major with a city planning emphasis. Mm -hmm. None of that was in my peripherals, man. Right. None of this was like, oh, man. And then on my senior year in college, I took an internship. Mm -hmm. And that's the internship here in Vista, here actually with the Vista Village Business Association then. 
Um, I believe now it's Discover Downtown, you know, um, and I was, I took this internship, not knowing what I was going into. I was just going for the grade, right? I need to pa- I need to go through this to graduate. Sure. Uh, got to meet up businesses here, a lot of business ownership, you know, got built great rapport with them, you know, and. So you were really busy. You were going to school, you were doing an internship, you were doing, and working. So I was a bellman, a valet, working uh, an internship and going to school full time my last semester in college. Yeah. I see, I like where this is going. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and it still even goes back to what we were just saying about, uh, you know, street smart, book smart, and com- combining the two. Um, and then it even goes back even further to the beginning when we first started and we were talking about you being the errand guy yeah. running around to the various businesses. Right. You are every man's man everybody's man you are you have the ability to talk to each and everybody that you're in front of yeah. and uh that's what makes you special right. and that's you know what continues your growth you know what i'm right. saying I, I think that that is a, a wonderful lesson right there you know what you're absolutely right you know one of my you know colleagues or or co-workers um you know told me a few years ago he said you're a dangerous man man you're a dangerous man, he says. Well, why do you say that? He says, you know just a little bit of everything. That's it. That makes you so dangerous. Mm-hmm. Says, you can get by in any conversation you can, and that's really special on you. Mm-hmm. And and I, you know, and I, to me, it's very gratifying to hear that, right? Because yeah. you're like, oh, shit. I never think about stuff like that. That's it. I don't think about what am I doing to help an individual. Mm-hmm. What I do is really helping them. And But, you know, it makes me kind of think about how crucial I am in this community, right? That's it. And how I can really be, you know, and I'm learning how to be more voice, you know, be more of an open voice and talk to individuals. Yeah. And give them, you know, my mind because sometimes I can go off rant and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, might not say the right things, but mm-hmm. again, it's uh, that's what I'm feeling. The sure. Um, and, and, it's, and it's rewarding because I feel that people do listen. And I try to do that for the youth a lot. I, you know, with our employees, you know, at the shack, you know, I always tell them, you know, like, this is not your forever job, and I don't want you to be here forever. I want you to do better and right. provide for your families, yeah. right? And so that is one of the <clears throat> things that I experience on a daily basis that I can get by. <laughs> I can get by. And, I love it, man. And I have that mentality that, you know, I can always pivot. You know? Yeah. COVID did teach people how to pivot. That's a fact. You know. I already have that embedded in me. That's it. And, you know, hustling for the right things was very important at the time. And so when we partnered with the city of Oceanside, we always looked out for the best interests of our members, of our businesses. Let me get into that. I'm going to get into that in the reveal. I just want to share one story before, as as we uh, finish this segment and go into the reveal. Uh, it's very interesting. One of the things that you were just saying um, because I was, you know, I'm taking the kids to school in the morning. My son goes to Miracosta College around the way. And um, you have these uh, quiet times in the car sometimes, you know, there's not much to talk about, whatever. He's really into coding, computers, oh, nice. loves it, man. Um, and he's a master at it. But it's really kind of the main thing that he talks about. And, you know, he's on his YouTube all the time. He's doing tutorials, he's whatever. But that's kind of his main subject. And so when um, we're having this quiet time in the car, uh, just suddenly, and you know, playing a little music or whatever, but it's like, yeah, do you want to talk? Nice. Like, yeah, yeah, I want to talk, you know, let's talk about whatever. And so he goes into this little 
rant about, you know, we talk about something, we talk about anything, we talk about nothing, whatever. And I said, um, and then I just started getting into a conversation, just kind of, you know, breaking some things down to him. And, and we got into some illogical conversation. And he said, Dad, you're really good at this. And I said, you know, I know a little bit about it a lot. I don't know everything. I yeah. might not be an expert on any one subject, but it's very important when you're in a, a room full of people to have the ability to speak to them all about something. Right. You know what I'm saying? To be able to have some sort of a conversation. And at the end of the day, we can call that networking. We can ca- call that a lot of things. But um, if you don't, if you can't at least participate in some part of a conversation, you might never learn about that person and they may never learn anything about you. Yeah. Right? And so yeah. uh, that that's... Uh, that's my intro into the uh, reveal when we talk about Gumaro, a man. dangerous man. <laughs> <laughs> Owner of not just one, but two businesses right here in Vista. Embroidery Image and Water Shack. But not just that, he also used his degree in public administration to become the chief operations officer of Main Street Oceanside and chairman of the California main streets. So many organizations, so much responsibility. Some say that multiple incomes is the key to success. Today's guest may just be the proof. Visionary, born leader, ultimate multitasker, the very, very busy and gracious Gumaro Escarcega is joining us today. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate doing this podcast with you and uh, first timer for me. So this is great, uh, man. Yeah, this is this has been definitely an experience that I'm enjoying actually. So it's just been good, you know, to, to talk about. I appreciate I it, man. It's a long time coming for one, just because you know I've crossed paths with you so long, and it's it's interesting too because we were just talking about networking, but like I'm just like I see you at places, and then it's just like. I, I might remember later that night, just like, that was, good. oh, it's, I, I could have had like five minutes, you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. so I'm glad that we get to sit down and, you know, do an hour together, man. And, you know, one thing is I'm always accessible, man. I, it's, it's, I'm a yes guy, right? Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's hard for me to say no. It gets me in trouble. Though. You or me. You know, it's you know hard what? to say no. I have um, this same experience, man. You know, it happened with me at the beginning of COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, I saw a lot of fragility in, in people's businesses and their lives, right? And I was just like, you know, I fortunately, I've been in family business uh, for many, many years, and I've always been a, you know, business-minded entrepreneur anyway. So I was gonna be able to pivot, I was gonna survive, but I had just made a conscious decision, I'm not saying no. I should have kept it to just that period of time, Somehow, I still haven't said no. Here we are three years later. Absolutely, And I man. just like, boom, we're doing what? Okay, I guess we're doing it. And you I think know? it's part of our ambitions, right? Yeah. I, you know, sometimes we're, we get too ambitious of what we want to do. And, you know, I find that not every great idea is a great idea, mm-hmm. right? Or the opportunities might not arise at that time. But I think carrying people out, you know, giving them the time, you know, and explain explaining the process to with these individuals yeah really helps build that that community that we have right it's mm-hmm. really 
it helps them engage. It helps them understand where we're coming from. It helps them what we can do, yeah. what are the limitations. I think it's important that we continue to offer that accessibility to individuals, regardless of what role you play. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I do have a pretty significant high role in downtown Oceanside. Mm-hmm. Um, I have great rapport with our businesses down there. You know, I, I'm a I'm an ear for them too, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm just not a doer to help their business, but I'm also, you know, a therapist, right? Sure. I'm listening to what their issues are. Um, well, you're listening because you see the big picture. I do. Right? So even um, if they're talking about something that's finite or just uh pertaining to them yeah you're seeing how it could fit into everything that's going on right and and that's why they need you there (laughs) that's that's what makes it but let me go back um and start off before i get to uh the city of oceanside i want to talk about two business yeah i mean you know an an owner of two businesses i mean that's a big deal man i mean how are you finding the time for that the embroidery image and water shack right so i have a great support too my wife has been you know right she's the glue of my family man she's Mm -hmm. she's definitely my 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 inspiration she's my she's my love she's everything i do that's what i do for is for my family right you know and it's definitely she's she's the one that runs the embroidery business Mm -hmm. she's the one that keeps me on check Mm -hmm. what's needed you know she's the one running the operations um, you know, going, you know, again, building rapport, how these op- opportunities happen with the embroidery shop. You know, I got a shout out to the previous owners, Ken Schumann and Brenda Schumann. Um, mm-hmm. They were really involved with the downtown association. Brenda was really involved with the Chamber of Commerce here. Mm-hmm. They wanted to retire. And so Ken and I always had this relationship when I left here in 2013 to go work in Oceanside. Um, so I left the post here in Vista Village Business Association. And so every year we get together, we get along. I mean, you know, we offer tickets to the baseball game. We will watch a game, etc. And uh, one day he calls me and says, "Hey, tomorrow, let's have a beer. Let's go to the pub." You know, yeah. I was like, "I'm willing to go to the pub with you, Kent." Yeah. Um, and so I met Kent at the pub that evening, and um, he told me, "He says I'm going to retire." And he says, "Good for you, Kent. I'm really happy for you because yeah. retiring is the ultimate, especially how hard we work." You know, it's the ultimate. Yeah. Enjoy your life. If you have a money, if you have a means, go travel, enjoy the world. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. Don't get too bored because you're going to come back to work, you know, but. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, but stay busy. And yeah. so he says, I'm done with this business. And so he told me what he wanted for, for the business. If I knew anybody. And I was like, and remember this, man, a week ago, my wife and I were talking. Mm-hmm. And my wife, were talking about what our future is, you know, just talking our, what do we want to do? You yeah. know, my wife was working at a occupational health care center here in, in Oceanside. Yeah, she was helping managing two branches at the time. Uh, shout out to work partners. Um, great, great, great people. They actually just actually sold the business to another company. Uh, and, um, you know, she was like, look, man, I want to own my own business. Mm-hmm. And so I told her. And so she, she already had the mindset of an entrepreneurship opportunity. Sure. Right? And so she was like, let's, let's see what we can do on a business. Am I right? So I got that in my head. Yeah. I clipped it in my head. And I was like, let's see what comes up. Yeah. Well, happens to me with Kent. He told me all about it. And I told him, what if I'm interested, Kent? Yeah. He says, if you're interested, I'll give you first dibs on this. Yeah. He came yeah. to you first anyway. He came to me first. Yeah. And I was like. The Film Hub is the future of co-working in downtown Vista. 
Get energized in an inspiring work environment that is built for your success. With multiple membership options for workspace and private offices, you can become a part of our co-working community. The Film Hub makes it easier to produce the professional content your business needs. From video production, live streams, photo shoots, or in-person events, you can create all this and more in our audio and video facilities. Love your work and where you accomplish it. The Film Hub. Let me talk to my wife yeah. tonight and I'll get a response tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. And so he gave me all the terms and everything. I went back home and talked to the wife and I'm like, hey, look, I don't want you to answer right now. I want you to sleep on it. When you wake up, I want you to answer me. Yeah. Man, that girl was already awake when I woke up, man. I was like, what's going on here? Like, I was like, uh, I looked at her kind of funny. She says, let's do it. Mm -hmm. That's all she said to me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. So I called Ken. So they were very interested. My wife just wants to do this um, to see what we can do. How much time do we have? Yeah. And he says, look, let's give me, get, get back to me in two weeks. Mm hmm um and see where you at mm -hmm. and then we'll figure it out mm -hmm. sure enough man start start staying active we had some capital we got a loan we started doing all these yeah. things and so i was able to come by get all the, the capital in in 30 days yeah and so we signed the contract we bought it and then we were like wow that was it that <laughs> was it so hard and so <laughs> we took over the the business the embroidery business in 2017 and um, in September of 2017, we took over the business. In September 2016, we bought our first house or our house in, uh, here in Vista. Mm -hmm. And so September, November timeframe has been a great month for us, actually. Wow. We closed the uh, water shack in November of last year. We had our first baby yeah. in November of, of 2021. Okay, okay. So September, you know, through September, November, it's always been a great uh, time for us, a fall. Yeah. And so... Two good things are going to happen at the same Great time. Great things happen, you know? <laughs> and so, yeah, that's how we build the embroidery shop. And um, um, and so far, it's been active and running. What's the, um, you know, if you're just giving out some advice to the entrepreneurs, I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be anything big or grandiose, but, you know, some people say um, it's marketing, right? What's the key to staying in business? Some people say it's location. Yeah, you know, location, location, oh. location. What You know, what has been... Um, uh, key for you with having two businesses obviously two businesses of different types yeah right different industries it is challenging right now our our workforce is is really challenging okay. right now it is it is our we're we're down an, an employee at the embroidery shop just to keep our doors actually being accessible five days a week okay um you know we have a, a child my wife comes to work three to four days a week uh, she works from home the rest of the time, and then. Uh, but we have a production that's there five days a week. Uh, but we need somebody that does the sales, the 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 uh, production to set it up mm -hmm. with with our production unit. And um, it's been challenging to find the right person to help us with that, mm -hmm. uh, just because it's a lot of lifting, a lot of moving parts, mm -hmm. and so it's it's either you want to be part of that, or you don't. Um, sure. And so. You know, that's it's not just finding the person, it's finding the right person. No, it's finding the right person because we do need somebody with that common sense, with that, you know, those skills that mm -hmm. you need to develop at a young age. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't have that skill set, 
um, the organization skill too. It's is you get lost and you yeah. get so flustered is that stress is going to be very high. Yeah. And so we don't want to do that to the employee. We want right, to find the right person to do and help us grow yeah. the business. Yeah. And that's where we are right now, actually. We're yeah. trying to find that individual to help us out mm-hmm. um, and, and continue to grow the sales. Um, and so it's been good. I mean, we, we haven't lost revenue on this. We haven't lost, like, we have never put money into this business. Wow. Um, since we purchased it. And again, this is thanks to Ken and Brenda. Ken and Brenda had a really good business operation. It was already set up. It was yeah. set up. Um, and, you know, we have brought in new businesses mm-hmm. um, that has supported us too in, throughout the years, in okay. the last five years. So, uh, but it's been, it's been very healthy, uh, but there's a lot of room for growth. Um, okay. And that's where I feel that Capital is a good thing, but it's also how do you manage that capital? Accounting it has to be really, you need to understand accounting to make sure that you can work to your benefit. Um, you have high months, you have low months. It's how do you, you know, your staffing, how do you pay the staffing and how, you, how many hours you're giving them. So having that right attitude to the income versus expenses, is, you must have to know. Um, the water shack, we we actually took over, like I said, in November. We kept everything intact. And so we were able to manage, the, purchase the building with the business there. Um, and so, and it's full circle because the agent that sold me the property was in my board of directors when I was an intern at Vista Village Business Association. Okay. And then the broker was also part of the business. So it was like a, like this repetitive business just keeps going on with yeah. me. Um, and so, you know, we, we hired uh, this, the staff that was intact. We never changed anything. We kept things intact. Now we're coming in with a different analysis, with a different attitude. Mm-hmm. Now that we know the business, we know what the hiccups can be, how we can manage those, those hiccups. But it's just analyzing your business. Always make sure you analyze. Take it home, you know, or don't take it home, but make sure you give it time to analyze where you're at and where you're going. Um, and I think that will that that will keep you continue to to make changes as needed and in, in the future. But no, the it's been a blessing to own a property here in Oceans and Vista. Um, it's been a blessing to own two businesses um, and Vista too. You know, it's it's, it's bo- best of both worlds, right? Because you know the water store with the food restaurant component, <laughs> then I have a, a a marketing promotional business. You know, kind of goes together, mm-hmm. and so it's been exciting to to see the growth of these two businesses and hoping that they last forever, you know, that's, that's your goal is to keep man. it, keep it going. Well, you're staple investors. That's, that's, that's amazing, man. Yeah. Congratulations on that, man. And shout out to the business partner, Fabiola. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to my wife. That's right. <laughs> um, okay. So you took on this position in, in Oceanside. Like what made you do you do that? I mean, you're obviously, like I said, a staple in Vista. Yeah. And then this thing, how, how does this come about? Um, so, you know, when I was in Vista, I was going through some turmoil. Um, you know, we were battling with the city for the funding. Okay. Um, you know, um, the city was pretty much, it was an ongoing conversation with the city myself. Um, they were like, for me, it was a, a, an experience because I have never been through this. I was in my mid-20s at the time. Going through what the, the the animosity that was happening during that time, had, mm. I think, developed me to where I'm at. Okay. Uh, you know, Kevin Ham was the director at the time mm-hmm. at the Economic Development, as a director of the Economic Development. He has really mentored me and showed me what it takes. You know, you have 
you have to have a hard, thick skin here, man. Yeah. Uh, and you have to deliver and you have to produce. Um, but that's in any city, right? Or in is any that just, city. It's, okay. This is anywhere. This is it's actually inevitable too. You, if you want success, you have to learn how to balance the negative and the positives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then during the time in Vista, when, when Vista Village was going through a turmoil, I was actually a contractor for town, Vista Townsite Community Partnership, was also going through a huge transition over there. Um, and the redevelopment department was was funding at the before I was there, they were funding this organization that wasn't producing much. You mm-hmm. know, I, I I mean, no, I don't want to discredit the organization, but there was no sustainability background behind it. Mm-hmm. I learned to to be sustainable. I learned how you can leverage the incomes that you're receiving and grow your your and grow the organization's budget by producing more. And you learned this in school? Uh, no, I learned it through the association. Okay. I was through the experience of Vista Village Business Association. Okay. So I learned not just always ask for hand-me-downs. So I learned the process and what was I was analyzing what was happening. And so my job was to report to the city that the system that you have in place isn't working. Mm-hmm. We need to change it. Yeah. And so I was. I was able to change all that. And I built, again, with the collaboration with our city council, our department heads in the city, and our business, small business community has taught me to really put together a, a, a right kind of package to continue to operate and produce more for our businesses. And so during that process, Oceanside, Rick Wright, which is the CEO of Main Street Oceanside, mm-hmm. you know, reached out to me and says, I need you to come work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, what do you mean? So, yeah, I need, I need you to come work for me. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. what does that look like? And he says, I don't know. And I need your help with that. Yeah. And so that's what started our relationship saw something in side. And so, again, building the business community, the and the the difference between Vista and Oceanside, Vista was really business to business. We worked heavily with our small business community, our committees, our board, all driven to small business community. I saw a huge opportunity in Oceanside, being I was like, why are residents involved in here? Because they're very involved, so that's just the way it is. So I, I actually, what I did, I brought the mainstream program, leveraging the business community and a diverse group of business ownership, not just in the downtown, but in the region that wants to see a change in Oceanside, that have some kind of connection with Oceanside. And that's what I did, actually, is work with a group of small businesses first that included residents that wanted to do something mm-hmm. um, with me coming to Oceanside, my goal was to activate the Main Street program in July of that, 2013. Yeah. Businesses were knocking on my door. When are we starting this? Wow. And actually, my friend Cam Melwood from That Boy Good was the first one that calls me. When are we doing these meetings? Mm. And I was like, you can put it together and I'll get back to you in a week. Sure mm-hmm. enough, I recruited members to be in the Design, Promotion, and Economic Development Committee, and the Organization Committee at the time. And so we got teams building and then from that we created an ambassador program we created taste of oceanside we created mother's data suite we had mixers at the time just to create the community to meet yeah. and know each other yeah because one of the analysis that i did when i walked every single business introduced myself i'm your liaison anything right. happening here you come to me yeah and what do you need now 
Mm-hmm. And it's funny because when I before I came in and talked to them, they're like, "Oh, I don't need anything. I'm not selling. I'm not selling <laughs> yeah, you yeah, anything, yeah. though." Says, "If you want, I can sell you. I have things to sell you, but I'm, that's not what I'm here for. <laughs> right, right. You know, I'm here to. I want to meet you. I want to introduce myself to right. you and what I'm doing here. So, exactly. if you're interested in getting yeah. involved, come see yeah. me. And so, 2013 was the year that we launched this. 2014 um, and 2015 was the developments of all these programs that we started, um, and it's been very rewarding to see the growth of Main Street Oceanside and where we at. And again, we couldn't have done this without the collaboration of the city of Oceanside mm-hmm. with the business community and the resident community. Mm-hmm. Um, we have really taken Main Street Oceanside to a level where we are the destination for, for services, uh, businesses, organizations. They leverage our resources to grow and, and be part of our community. So, you know, the, um, you know, there, there's the balance, and and we were kind of talking to this a little bit earlier uh, before we started. Is um, you know pleasing the locals while also pleasing the businesses. I mean, that's got to be difficult yeah. to kind of marry the two because the locals are there. The locals have been there for many years. They have a memory of a certain type of ocean side, right. um, and then the businesses. They're also there, and, and and to me, it still has that home feel. You know, yeah. I love the businesses in Oceanside. I love the food culture over there. Yeah. Don't get me started on the food culture in Oceanside. It's, it's killing them. But the uh, marrying the two, uh, and, and you being, you know, the liaison, right. uh, you being uh, that ambassador or the person in the middle, uh, how how difficult is that? And what's your mission when it comes to that? It's extremely difficult to get, you know, you know, different minds into a table. You know, yeah. it's 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 they feel that this is their town. It's that pride behind them. You know, don't mm-hmm. change things. You know, and, <laughs> you know, rightly so. I mean, I, I, it's I not that know, we're but... changing things. Yeah. It's just that we're just growing. Yeah, exactly. And being progressive about it. Mm-hmm. Um, progressive. And that is, is a, scary and word. that is attracting a... these elements. This is attracting that corporation. It's attracting the high investors because we're building a community that has strong roots. Mm-hmm. And I like to say that because there are uh, born and raised folks that are owners of, down, of, of businesses. There are uh, you know, people that have been here, grew up here, that have left and come back and don't work. You know, there's, there's so much a diversity of our town that we want to, we like the conduit. That's mm-hmm. how I like to look at it. Mm-hmm. Main Street Ocean is like the conduit. It's not like we're supporting all these projects. It's not like developers are coming to us and giving us money. No, that's, that's not happening. We are here to track the progressiveness of the city and be a partner to those that are investing in our town, mm-hmm. making the right choices. You know, adding elements that locals can really appreciate, you know, and investing back into your community. Mm-hmm. We we thrive for that. We want our communities to look at that in a sense that Oceanside is moving so fast that it's hard to keep up with it. Yeah. From a local perspective, from a professional perspective, it's like you're there's always something new happening in Oceanside. Um, but we can't say it's all corporate driven. Right. It's, we can't say uh, that the corporate market is, is overrunning the city because yeah. I don't see that. I believe that 
corporate can coexist with a small business community mm-hmm. because those are anchors. People are familiar with that. Our tourists are familiar with with our with our big brands, right? Yeah, absolutely, um, man. Our locals are familiar with it too, but they like to see the small business community. And honestly, that is the best way to look at downtown Oceanside. It's the small through the small business community, yeah. Because that is the diversity that you want. Um, but then again, it's like we need to open these 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 platforms for the younger generation. Mm-hmm. We are here to interrupt your regular podcast listening and ask you to join us at Odd Pairing Podcast. Yes, it's Paige and I, and we are here every week now on Fridays. And we talk about adult beverages and the community, a little bit of the history of it, and we are just going on a nice little journey. And you can hear other people's drinking stories. So why wouldn't you want to listen? That's the best part. That is the best part. Cheers. Cheers. Hello friends, I'm Joe Samo. I'm an attorney in San Diego and I'm the host of Run It By My Lawyer. It's a great podcast where you will learn a lot about the law and it is very entertaining if I say so myself. And uh, you can get it for free anywhere you get your podcast and you can follow us on Instagram at Run It By My Lawyer. Um, and so that is something that we're doing to work with Miracle College, for example, to create entrepreneurship programs mm. to develop things that products or you just never know what another big hit can really grow in your city you know yeah Uh, you got the brixton's for example you got some surfing you know uh uh, surf um board shapers here yeah uh but then again you have you know the low rider scene yeah you know you have the that that culture that you're just like wow and and you just if you dive into what oceanside is you get to appreciate the surroundings of it. Yeah. And I think that's what investors are doing now. They're they're looking at what we have and then the elements above and beyond that. So yeah. it's it's definitely um a challenge. It's a challenge. Because another another challenge that we have is that locals that are being vocal are not engaged. And and what Main Street Ocean Site brings to them is to be part of that, mm-hmm. be part of the solution. Come be part of a committee. You don't have to own a business in downtown. You don't have to, you know, have some type of stake there. We're open to the community. Yeah. You know, Main Street programs uh, throughout the state, throughout the nation, there's over two, close to 2,000 Main Street programs, you know, are driven by the assets that you have. Yeah. And so why not bring all those assets together and develop what the community wants? And that's the way to do it. How many Main Street programs? There's close to 2,000 Main Street programs. Wow. Yeah. There's... 30, I believe, 27, 27, 30 Main Street programs in California. Um, and the programs that are here in San Diego are Coronado, North Park, uh, Del Mar, um, Encinitas, Cardiff, Bucadia, Carlsbad is looking, they're members of ours. Yeah. Uh, Vista used to be a Main Street program. Escondido used to be a Main Street, El Cajon. So Main Street yeah. is, is really tagged here in this, in this region. And again, we bring a different element than the business, than the Chamber of Commerce. Sure. You know, Chamber of Commerce. I was going to ask you about that, like the differences. Yeah, there. we're district driven. Mm-hmm. We're a business to consumers. We want our consumers to see where our businesses have to offer. Mm-hmm. We have unique experimental retail now. Uh, we have uh, you know, unique products that are, that are being sold in our district. And the eats. We're creating a culture of the food scene. Yes. Uh, but again, also, we need more nightlife. We need to 
also support a non-live consumer market. That doesn't scare you from a liability standpoint? Not necessarily. I mean, doing... I mean I'm asking as an insurance broker. Mm. I mean, I, I get it. But... Yeah, it, it depends, too, of the operator. And how it comes to management and operations. Mm -hmm. You know, we have some bad apples in our city, um, in the Oceanside, but... You know, again, it's it's management. Mm -hmm. I leave it lead it to management. You know, you know, one of the things that um, comes across my mind is, um, well, I got to give a shout out to uh, Christy Hawthorne, uh, uh, Oceanside Historical Society. Um, but one of the time, you know, I sat down with her, and she was, she. I mean, she opens my every time I talk to her, she opens my mind to like a perspective of something I had never considered, right? But. For those of you guys that aren't familiar with uh, Oceanside, if you're driving south uh, down to five, let's say from LA or from wherever you're coming from, you got Camp Pendleton here and you got Oceanside, right? Camp Pendleton's in Oceanside, but you you know that's the first big city that you that right. you're hitting, and that's um, that's you know where people might want to get out to go to the restroom, they want to go grab something to eat, whatever. They've been on the freeway a long time. You know, the lights have been dark on the highway. I've driven on that, man. And, yeah. and it, it's, you know, you, you just like, I need some reprieve, you know. Uh, she called it the gateway to San Diego County. And I never really thought of it in that way. And I've driven that highway thousands of times, right? right? But it's like that first little oasis right after you get and and the work that you're doing like i'm saying you can get such great food there you know i'm not mm -hmm. i'm not just here trying to just do an advertisement for oceanside i'm just saying the work that you're doing there is so important because why shouldn't it be special once you've gotten past that border and gotten into the city right. um and you know i think the locals and the businesses alike should understand how important oceanside is to all of this county, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Huge. San Diego County being the, you know, it's the third largest county in the country, I believe it still is, yeah. but uh, to to be that gateway, yeah. I mean, come on, man, Oceanside is yeah. a big deal. Yeah, and it, and it has flavor, you know? That's it. You know, it has, it has you know, different character and, and it's it's a unique place, you mm -hmm. know? It is a small town feel still though. Mm, you know, yeah, it's really yeah. is a small town feel. I mean, That's what I'm saying, that balance, you're doing it. 180,000 people live in that city um and having the feel and the vibe behind this is such a, a spectacular place you know we have beaches we have a pier uh, we have a harbor um you know we have south ocean side the downtown is basically where everything blossoms right because we're the destination we have resorts we have a tran a transit center in the middle of it yes that yes brings people from south north and east mm -hmm. you know um we're really, you know, I keep telling people, what does the future hold for Oceanside? I'm like, we're really in a good position to flourish and continue to grow. Um, but however, it's also vulnerable, right? Because our community might not want that. Um, but it's inevitable, right? Because we feel that Oceanside is whatever we're doing for the city, you know, we feel like what's coming is supporting the future of Oceanside too, right. through property taxes, sales taxes. You know any other other means that mm -hmm. supports that, but you know we continue to thrive because Main Street Oceanside wants to be the conduit for everything that's happening in downtown through our businesses, through the community, um, anything that we're building, anything that we have new. We want the people to respond and and really be part of it. 
you know, and ultimately we continue to show sign that Oceanside is really adapting really well with it. So, and we're working on a branding study now too, you know, so hopefully, um, you know, we develop a nice identity for Oceanside yeah. that people can relate to and our business market can relate to that can start marketing themselves to promote where they're at and how people can get to them. Yeah. So, you know, we're looking at depth any wayfinding signs. We're looking to maybe some monument signs, some gateway signage, things that will help grow our identity and what are we all about. So, and that's open right now. You know, we're definitely, you know, the public has, has spoke. Over 21 surveys were submitted. Mm. Um, and so the public was, you know, from all backgrounds. Um, but it's definitely something that we will continue to 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 thrive and challenge our community to start thinking outside the box. You That's know? it. Um, That's because it. Because we want them to be part of this. We don't want them to get excluded. Um, and I think every community wants. You know. Yeah. It's let's. My job is to work with the locals. We have a tourism organization that works with tourism. I, my job is local. Yeah, I heard that. You know, I want to embed. I want to penetrate our local market. Mm-hmm. So they can see Oceanside through Main Street Oceanside mm-hmm. and see what we're working on. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the beauty about working in Oceanside. Cause, and another thing too, it's always different every day. Yeah. This job is not, you know, it doesn't stale or there's, there's no, there's no, uh, this, the position that I'm at has created so many opportunities for me because there's always an idea. There's always somebody thinking. Somebody always thinking outside the box. And, yeah. And once you get the passion behind it, it's oh my game over, man. We're doing it. You that's know. It. And that's that's what's cool about Oceanside. It's such a passionate town, you know. And people that are being voiced, they're voicing their opinions and everything. I love that. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter if it's negative or positive. Honestly, you're voicing your opinion. Please do so. We're listening. You know. You might be ne- feel like you're neglected, but in reality, we are listening. That's it, yeah. man. And that's what you want as a leader. I yeah. love it, man. I love yeah. it. Why don't you give us some contact information on um, how they can reach you and all of your multiple ventures? Yeah, so, you know, you can always contact me if you're interested in, you know, opening a business in Oceanside or working with us through MainStreetOceanside.com. You can also send me an email at gumaro at MainStreetOceanside.com. Um, my Cell phone, 619-519-2027. It's my cell phone number. I can be called anytime. Um, And again, through the embroidery business, just go to embroideryimage.com. Or if you want to visit the Watershack, go to watershack.net. And those are access to my two businesses. But if you... Depending on the day, you can catch me anywhere. That's it, man. <laughs> Depending on the day. I've seen you out and about. I've seen you. He's around. Yeah. He's around. Trust me. He yeah. might be a little busy. He might be in a meeting, but at least, you know, yeah. go up, pat him on the shoulder and tell him, you know, you know, you appreciate what he's doing. Yeah. I uh, I appreciate you being here, man. Thanks this for having me, This is a, a man. great conversation, man. I appreciate your, uh, your honesty and, and uh, telling us your whole story because I know it can help some folks, you know. Thanks, man. Appreciate you having me here, man. I look forward to uh, listening to this and see how I sound. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Cheers, be hard brother. on yourself, man. Cheers, it was awesome. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, man. <laughs> so to all of you guys out there, please like and subscribe. Uh, the Same Business, Different Day podcast. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere. Um, shout out to my team, Mateo over there on the boards. Uh, King of the Boards over there, and then uh, Jeff, Nash, Carlos. Uh, shout out to Greg Mears, moved on to bigger and better things. Uh, uh, we want you to know that uh, hopefully you keep watching us and uh, 
we know that you help with the foundation of what we've got going on here. So uh, all the other shows on A Different Day Radio, you guys check us out at A Different Day Radio. Um, and that goes for all of them. Don't let me start listing them. I don't want to miss anything. But um, we love you guys. We appreciate all of our listeners. Once again, thank you to Gumaro for being here today. Um, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Peace. Wonderful, man. That was good. Yeah. I hope so, man. What's that? What you think?